your co-host, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelicone. You are listening to episode 36 of The Spin Chagrin, and the category last week was a movie that involved professional wrestling. Hmm. And you red-carded me, Frank, so I ended <laughs> up having to watch this movie as well. Um, I did not think it would end up being as painful, considering I'm a fan of pro wrestling, but um, you, you, you found a way. So multiple ways yes. we'll get into that yes so you want to go ahead and tell us uh about the journey you took us on um so we'll hold off on the reveal for the chagrin movie but i i pretty much knew as soon as you um popped the category and i hit you with the red car what movie i was going to make you watch um but i decided i was gonna you know watch several wrestling movies um so i ended up watching five total and starting one and not being able to finish it um i'm sorry i watched four total and started one and wasn't able to finish it uh so i watched a couple of the santo movies if you're familiar um yeah exactly santo being like one of the i guess like the most popular like lucha wrestler of the 70s and 80s in mexico um did a series of horror movies basically where it's like Santo versus the Aztec mummy and Santo versus Frankenstein. And um, so I watched Santo versus the Aztec mummy, um, which I had seen before and I kind of enjoy. And I also watched um, Santo and Mantequilla versus the vengeance of La Llorona. Um, So basically it's them versus the crying woman of like Mexican folklore. Um, Terrible fucking movie. Uh, pretty funny in a lot of ways mm. um not really worth spending much time on because not much happens in it although there's a scene where santo and mantequilla are going into the jungle to look for the tomb of la llorona um and santo um takes off his traditional like uh suit outfit and puts on a polo shirt and khakis to like investigate the jungle <laughs> um which to me was really funny um but not a great movie um, I also tried to watch 13 Rounds Part 3, which is the Dean Ambrose mm. um, WWE movie, and mm. I didn't even get to the part where Dean Ambrose was introduced. <laughs> I was so annoyed. Um, <laughs> so maybe that'll be some other episode All right. I can go back and watch that movie. <clears throat> so we're going to get into the two movies that are the, um, I think, the heart and soul of this Spin Chagrin um, episode, and I'll do the the runner-up movie first, um, which you also had to watch. Yes. You didn't have to watch, but I told you you should watch, and then you did watch, and you probably regret um, deciding to watch. Um, and then we'll get into the spin chagrin. Yeah. So the first movie we're going to talk about is set in the Air Buddies universe. Um, it's a movie called Russell Madness from 2015. Um, stars, uh, I don't know. Some people that you know, uh, David 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 Milcher Milcher is the um is the is the father, and then Kate Reinders is the mother, and then Will Sasso does the voice of um, uh, Hunk the monkey. Yeah. So, um, what's his name? Cliff Clavin's in it. Oh yeah, John Ratzenberger. Yeah. Um, Fred, Fred Willard, Willard yeah. and uh. Charles Robinson. Charles Robinson have bit parts in it. Um, the main heel character is played by uh, John Morrison of WWE fame. 
um currently known i think as johnny wrestling on aew i think so um johnny mundo at certain points john morrison johnny nitro he's had a bunch of different names yeah. i'm kind of a just mid-card staple guy for a long time i'm yeah. um, pretty good wrestler um overall so russell madness so the movie starts out with this uh, terrier russell who's in a pet store and who can't get adopted because every time someone picks him up he pisses in their face and this is graphically depicted by a super soaker-esque stream of urine shooting up from in between russell's legs and splattering all over somebody's like chest and face and mouth mm-hmm. um he does this to children he does it to adults like he really just can't control his bladder whenever you know he might be getting adopted so it takes place over the course of time as he grows up from being like a newborn puppy to like a younger i don't know what you would call it like toddler puppy or just puppy in general um so the owner of the pet store the manager whatever he is is basically like hey you know russell's getting kind of old and to be hanging out with his puppies like i don't think we can keep him in here anymore and the kind salesperson who likes russell is like oh well i can't let anything bad happen to him i'm going to adopt him but then one of the puppies is like yo russell like they're going to send you to the pound because you keep pissing on people and russell's like fuck this and so when the owner comes over one time to like talk to him russell just jumps out of his pen and runs off and then you find out that the kind um clerk had actually adopted russell because he couldn't bear the idea of russell being sent to the pound but russell's gone now so then the second portion of the plot isn't is introduced where um the ferraro family who are the the son nate ferraro who's like the heir to this pro wrestling um empire kind of not really empire but like family that was really popular in the 80s um he's come back to his grandfather's arena uh, that he owns um, where he used to put on wrestling matches and where he grew up as a kid and the stipulation for him being there is that when his grandfather died he put this clause in his will that nate had one year to get the ferraro wrestling arena back up to par you know so then he could sell it um, which is a really stupid clause to have in a will but you know they go with it kind of right uh, so nate has his wife colleen uh his son max and his daughter luna or something like that i can't remember what the daughter's name is doesn't matter lena so lena right sorry yeah. so which is a young mechanic grace who's very popular now but... yeah 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 that's whose name I couldn't remember. Um, so they decide that they're going to start putting on matches to try and, you know, like, like reinvigorate um, interest in the Ferraro name. Uh, so they don't really do much to prepare. They just kind of are like calling some people and like, hey, you want to come wrestle here? I'm Nate Ferraro. And the first person uh, who's uh, German, or I guess not German, um, maybe he's german yeah, he's german yeah he's a germanic character that's like a yodeler mm-hmm. uh says no because the vince mcmahon-esque character um that's played by john ratzenberg says he's all like a blacklist so they end up getting some c-list talent to come in 
Hold on real quick. The way they do this is she, his plucky wife goes over and is like, I'll fix this and goes and sits on his lap while he's at his computer desk and sits on his lap and types into Craigslist. <laughs> right. And uses Craigslist to find some wrestlers. Right. And she gets pretty much what you would expect. Right. Um, so Russell at this point is living on the mean streets of Portland, as they call them. Um, and he's homeless and he's outside of this restaurant and the chef comes out and throws food away. So there's like a rotten, like eaten T-bone steak bone in the trash. And Russell's like, oh, this is great. And then this cockney bulldog named Dozer comes up and he's like, what you fail to understand is these are my streets and that's my T-bone steak. And Russell's like, oh, we can share it. And he's like, not hardly. I'm going to eat the whole thing myself. So then there's another character, maybe the most important character uh, in the movie, which is a talking monkey. Yes. Uh, named Hunk. Hunk. Yeah. That's the Will Sasso voice. Yeah. Uh, so Hunk is speaks human language and is a monkey and wears human clothes. So I want to point out that this movie in several ways could have met previous spin chagrin categories, both a movie with a talking dog as a central character and monkeys doing people things because all these things happen in this movie so it really is like the ultimate spin chagrin film in a lot of ways so hunk scares dozer off and is like hey uh russell like you need to come like hang out with me because i can help you whatever i don't know he like talks to him and so russell comes inside and then fuck then russell gets confronted by dozer again because he's got a sausage and dozer's like give me that big sausage and russell says nah this isn't a sausage it's a worm it just smells bavarian i, I don't know i didn't understand like yeah. what was going on in that part but um when dozer comes to get the sausage from russell russell does some kind of crazy like moonsault over top of him Mm -hmm. um and then hunk is like oh man like you got you got real wrestling talent like you should be a wrestler and i'm gonna be your trainer and he's like well i don't want to be a wrestler i just want a family mm -hmm. and hunk's like listen like you can get all kinds of things through wrestling you know fame glory money and i can even get you a family and russell's like woohoo i want to that uh, that sounds like a good deal i'll become a professional wrestler yeah. so now wrestler's a professional wrestler mm -hmm. so they have their first Ferraro wrestling match and they got Vic the Vice, or I think that's what his name is. Something like that. Um, and Vic the Vice is apparently a convict. Um, like a legit convict. Yeah, because they say that he's from Penn State and then the other guy is like, I think you mean he's from the state Penn. And Vic the Vice is crushing cinder blocks in the ring. And then they get this dude who's a surfer gimmick to come down, but he might not really be a wrestler. He might just be a model um right. so he goes in the ring and they have this wrestling match and um the wrestling announcers who are apparently these old school like super talented wrestling announcers don't know any of the names of the moves i think they call one like a head slam or something like that it's uh -huh. kind of like a swinging neck breaker or whatever well he there's a diamond cutter that ends up getting called a um jumping face slam i think yeah jumping face slam thank you right mm -hmm. It's like uh like McMahon's out there calling anyway. Right, yes. So yes. 
Vic the Vice beats the shit out of the surfer guy. Um, and then the surfer guy runs away. He's like, oh, I didn't sign up for this, even though 100%, like, that's exactly what he signed up for. Um, so then Vic the Vice is like, who's going to wrestle me? And the crowd's getting restless because, you know, there's not another, like, they didn't plan ahead to think that they might need, like, more than one match. Um, so the announcers are talking about um, Robinson is a chimney sweep, and he's talking about, like, how he cleans chimneys, which is another really weird, just, like, random addition. Yeah. Uh, so he, this old man is like, oh, wrestle you. I got nothing to lose. But then Russell, who's running away from Dozer, runs into the ring and Vic the Vice is there. And they're like, oh, what's this? There's a dog in the ring. And because the announcers were told just to go with whatever they see to like buy time because uh, Nick Ferraro is going to suit up and go get in the ring and wrestle Vic the Vice. All of a sudden, the dog's in there. So the dog starts, like, jumping over him, and he slips on a banana peel that was in the ring because the monkey can't stop eating bananas. Like, there's so many references to bananas in this movie because that's all the monkey cares about right. is eating fucking bananas. So Russell is wrestling... Uh, Vic the Vice and Vic the Vice slips on a banana peel and then Russell jumps on top of him and pins him and wins the match. So, you know, Nate Ferrara is like a gas. He's like, oh my God, like this is going to ruin our reputation. Like we're going to be seen as jokes because I can't have a dog beat like a real wrestler. That's crazy. But then what happens is that it gets like a million views on YouTube and it's all over Instagram and uh, whatever else they say, Snapchat or something like that. And now they're all on board. Um, but the little girl, McKenna Grace, is like, but daddy, aren't you going to send the dog to the pound? And he's like, oh, oh um, no, the match is next. Oh, the kid says, uh, match is next Thursday, Max. Plucky Max. There's also a really weird scene where, for some reason, Max is in school. It's like the only time Max goes to school. Yeah. And there's a bunch of kids. There's like three kids there. And they're like, hey, aren't you Ferraro wrestling? Like, why would they even know that? Because they're, you know, eight. Right. And he says, yeah, that's me. And we have a match on Thursday. You guys want to come? Mm-hmm. And they're like, nah. And he's like, there's free hot dogs. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> so now there's this whole, like, rooting section, yeah. you know, for Ferrara wrestling. So yeah. Russell gets his family and starts training with the monkey. Oh, so the monkey reveals himself to be able to talk to the Ferraro family. And they're all pretty, like, okay with that. And then you find out that Nate actually had, was friends with, um, was friends with Hunk mm-hmm. when he was a kid, but he thought he was imaginary. So this right. fucking idiot had this monkey that he talked to and believed that it wasn't a real thing. But anyway, and then Hunk's all, like, hurt because, oh, you know, he even called me in 30 years, you know, I'm been living here in this fucking like abandoned theater like scrounging for bananas and nobody even cares which is also a really weird subplot but anyway it is so hunk convinces them to take russell on as their chief attraction and says that um he'll take payment in bananas banana smoothies and banana popsicles and he's like hey this dog really likes bananas because like nobody's the wiser that it's the fucking banana eating monkey that wants all the bananas because right. all Russell cares about is having a family, like not feeding himself or job security or anything. Um, so 
Max, who's I, I think like nine or ten years old, is how old the kid's supposed to be, mm-hmm. is like, hey, can you train me too? And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll train the kid. <laughs> yes. So now, like, Max is getting trained to be a professional wrestler. So there's a bunch of really, I think, probably true to life scenes of how professional wrestling training goes, where they're in a ring and they're doing um drop kicks like all the way across from the top turnbuckle, mm-hmm. like pretty early on, and they're learning how to focus their chi. Uh, because in this universe, there's the assumption that wrestling is actually real until it's not. Um, so they get all famous with Russell and he's, you know, so then during the training montage is one of the greatest songs ever written for a movie, which is the WrestleMania song, which goes WrestleMania, <laughs> going to win the champion. Internet sensation, WrestleMania. Oh, and the Ferraro family has a creed, which is the best tag team is family. Is that right? I think, yes. It's something like that. Yeah. So, the John Ratzenberger character, what's his character's name? Oh, Mick. um, Hold on. Uh, Mick Vaughn. So Mick Vaughn, who is the Vince McMahon character, attends one of their wrestling matches and is like, hey, you know, you're really popular and I have, he owns this thing that's the number one promotion on the West Coast for wrestlers. So he pretty much has everybody signed. And he's like, look, you know, let me sign Russell to a contract and, you know, you'll make a bunch of money. And Nick's like, no, I have principles. You know, I'm going to do this on my own because whatever. And so then just randomly, and correct me, like, I thought this subplot was going to work out that, so this building inspector shows up, this woman, Mm -hmm. and I thought the plot was going to be that Vaughn had, like, you know, slimily, like, gotten her to come out, but she's just there. Yeah, well, I thought it was, it was one of two options, right? It was either, like, you know, Mick had paid her off, like, or it was going to be legit like problems and he was going to have to go ahead and do this thing with Mick. Like, Oh, well, that's what ends up happening. So she goes around and has a bunch of slapstick where they're like, don't turn that valve. And she turns the valve and like sludge comes out of a, a fire, whatever sprinkler system and coats her face and don't touch that switch. And she gets electrocuted. So she basically says you're shut down until you get all these problems fixed. You can't have wrestling events here. So immediately, Principal Nick goes to um, Mick Vaughn and's like, "Hey, I changed my mind. You know, I'm gonna take you up on your offer." And he's like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna take 51 percent of the profits." And Nick's like, "That's no good for me until it is, because then it's just fine." And then he says, "But what I need you to do is I need you to fix up the Ferraro uh, Family Wrestling Stadium or whatever." And Mick's like, "Yeah, it's a good deal." So now Nick and Russell are on some kind of world tour. Yeah. with mixed wrestling promotion and he's wrestling all over the world and gaining more like acclaim um and nick makes this promise to his family that he's going to be home for max's birthday easter and his anniversary with colleen his wife yeah he makes a lot of promises yeah so they go off on their tour and then while they're on tour you get to see uh the ferraro family doing all these things without you know nick which includes going on an easter egg hunt mm-hmm. and then celebrating um max's birthday yeah. and then finally they come back and it's like 
oh, I'm finally home. I miss you so much. And she's like, and today's our anniversary. And then Vaughn says, hey, Nick, come on, we got to go. Just me, you, and the dog. Because the monkey's been traveling with him. And Vaughn doesn't feel that the monkey's like a good attraction. So he says, oh, baby, I'm sorry. I got to go. And then they go and they have some meet and greet. And then he comes home and she has a table set up in the middle of the ring for their anniversary. Yes. With the monkey. And she's having dinner with Hunk. Like they're having dinner together. Yeah. And he's like, what's going on here? And she's like, well, you know, I, I made your favorite meal and um, the kids were going to be the maitre d' and waitress, but you know, you never showed up and they went to sleep. And so I've just been spending time with hunk. So yeah. Yeah. That me implying that like, yes. there's like maybe some kind of impropriety happening between yes. her and this monkey. Yes. That's exactly um, what was happening. But Nick's okay with it. And he's like, you know, I'm really sorry. I'm going to get out the of only this. one that's not okay with it. Really? Yeah. He, he's, he's not happy with being like a stand in for this like right. adult, adult human man. Yes. So then Nick's like, you know what? I've been wrong. I'm going to get Russell out of this. We're family. I'm just going to like get out of the deal and we'll like take care of whatever we need to take care of. And he's like, but I got you this anniversary present. So he hasn't been home for like two months ish Mm -hmm. yet has had the time. And I don't even understand like why this is a good anniversary present. He's restored this giant, like old school sewing machine. And yeah. she's like, oh, my God, this is exactly what I wanted. And he's like, yeah, baby, I know. It's super heavy. <laughs> and then she's just making costumes after that. So yeah. it's like it's like when you get like your significant other, like a vacuum for Christmas yeah. or something. Yeah, or that's exactly like what it a, is. Like yeah. a toaster oven or, hey, here's, yeah. I, I bought you a new washer. I know. She likes go, it. Go do that. She's like, oh, my God, this is <laughs> yeah. the best gift ever. Yeah. Um. So he goes to uh, the Ratzenberger character, Nick, and he's like, hey, um, or no, I'm sorry. They go, there's going to be a match. So Hunk realizes that the Ratzenberger characters try to freeze him out. So they go to wrestle this match against Johnny Mundo, who's called the Hammer, mm-hmm. um, who's a hilarious fucking character. And his yeah. whole gimmick is just that he's going to pound you. And he <laughs> takes his fist and he like hits his fist into his other hand. Um, and I wish I could remember Hammer's song because Hammer's song is hilarious. <laughs> um, he has his own like entrance theme. Yeah. So you find out through backstory that um uh Ratzenberger has told Hammer that he's gonna throw the match so that Russell can win because that's where the money is. And Hammer's like, I don't want to lose to a dog. And he's like, Listen, like, you know, you'll get paid. Here's the money I'm gonna give you to throw the match. Like, just do it. And you know, Hammer's like, All right, fine, I'll do it. But then Russell's wrestling him, and Russell's actually beating him. And Hammer's not down with the fact that he's getting beat up by a dog. And this dog is doing, like, drop kicks and moonsaults, and he's got a chokehold. Like, he ends up chokeholding fucking Vic the Vice out earlier in the movie. Like, that's how he knocks out Vic the Vice. I'm sorry. He puts him in a sleeper hold. Um, so during the match, uh, the Hammer pulls a dog whistle out of his elbow pad, and in the middle of the ring in view of everyone starts blowing this dog whistle, which makes Russell collapse on the ground because he can't take the sound of the dog whistle and no one can figure out what's going on. Like, Oh my God, what's wrong with Russell? 
How does no one like what what's happening? What's what's going on? And fucking Hammer's just sitting there blowing on this little whistle, like in the middle of the ring. So it's completely obvious what yes the trickery is, but these people are all idiots, so it doesn't matter. So Russell loses and Ratzenberger's angry because he's like, I told you to throw the match, and then uh, Hammer says, Well, there's more money in this in the rematch because then, you know, Russell can win against me and people will pay like millions of dollars to watch it and Ratzenberger's like yeah you're right that's a great idea so then Nick's like you know I'm not down with this um because they find out that Ratzenberger tried to pay Hammer to throw the match and Ratzenberger's like well if you read the contract I own the dog so fuck you um so he basically puts Russell in a cage which happens a lot in these buddy movies or like just talking animal movies in general where like someone's some animals just like randomly thrown into prison. Mm-hmm. Um, so that happens to Russell. So they don't know what to do. But then all of a sudden, the clerk from the beginning of the movie, because, you know, you, everything has to pay off in this movie. Yeah. Um, randomly knocks on her door and is like, hey, I just want to let you know that I own Russell. And I think I can help you get him back. But Max and Hunk have already decided they're going to go rescue Russell. So they go and break into this. Another thing that happens a lot in these movies where a human commits some kind of like breaking and entering and like grand larceny to like save the animal so they go in and they break in and they're saving russell and um hunk pretends to have a gun by holding a banana um and they break him out and then ratzenberger shows up with his lawyer and he's like you know i own the dog but then the clerk is like no you don't own the dog i own the dog and then lawyer's like yeah that's 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 pretty much right like we got no claim on this dog boss so then he's like well i still own your arena and then makes this ridiculous deal where it's like if if Russell can beat the hammer for real, then they get all the they get the arena back and um, they're scot free like out of their deal. So it comes the day when they're going to have this wrestling match, but it turns out it has to be a tag team match. So the yodeler is there with the hammer and they're the tag team and there's nobody that can tag with Russell and it's going to end up being the dad. But then all of a sudden it's the kid. And the kid and the monkey is like, no, no, he's ready. So they put this 10-year-old kid in a ring with two grown professional wrestlers. And they're like, yeah, it'll be fine. Like, he'll be fine. He'll 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 get through it. Um, and he does because they're a bunch of idiots. And so mm-hmm. he's doing, like, drop kicks. And um, the big German guy suplexes him at one point. But, you know, it's barely any convenience for him because he's just, like, is able to, you know, they end up beating him. Um, and then Mundo pulls out the dog whistle again and now everybody's wise to the dog whistle like oh look he's got a whistle like he's cheating ref ref why don't you see this ref and the ref never sees it like the ref doesn't care um so then johnny mundo gets up on or the 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 hammer gets up on the top turnbuckle because he's going to do like a reverse moonsault um to land on top of this 25 pound dog and kill him basically yeah he's gonna kill Um, the dog yeah because they say that he weighs 250 pounds so uh so he but then max and and russell wink at each other and then they do this countdown of five to one and then all of a sudden when johnny mundo's in the air russell rolls out of the way and then mundo lands and he's like knocked out and russell stands on top of him pins him and they become the tag team champions um because what they did was they did the most logical thing which is realize that mundo cheated with the dog whistle and they put earplugs in russell's ears so he couldn't hear the dog whistle. Mm-hmm. um 
so then all of a sudden the hammer and the German are good guys and they're like, we're not going to work for you anymore, Vince McMahon. And they throw him out of the ring and Ratzenberg has a really weird line where he's like, um, they're like, you're out of here, which doesn't even make any sense from like a wrestling perspective. And Ratzenberger's like, no, you're out of here. Got him. And then just like walks off with popcorn all over himself. Um, so then it flashes forward because I forgot at the beginning of the movie, there's a scene with Russell in a ring with like this like athletic looking guy wearing a wrestling costume. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out that that was Max and they've been tag team champions for, I don't know, 20 years at this point or something. It's yeah. Ridiculous. Cause that, right. Cause the dog's still alive after all that time. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a talking dog. Except only, only Hunk speaks human and canine and some other languages. Right. So right, it's uh, Russell. Russell's never able to like speak. Hunk's like Shaggy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. That was all right. So uh, Russell Madness, and then they right. sing the song again. Yeah. Do you, Gonna do be you, the champion, internet sensation. Yeah. We're. Nobody, nobody cares about this song, so we're just gonna, we're just gonna play a little bit of the song. Yeah. Gonna be the champion. <laughs> Sensation. It's hot. Yeah, it's two, two and a half minutes somehow. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a couple lines about like tag teams and family. Yeah. internet sensation all right um i was trying to find hammer down um it doesn't exist although i did find supra group um on facebook um was like touting that they they created hammer down for for the movie um but there was no link to it um what what this is this is what you've been watching then I've watched it twice, actually, this week. No, no, no. I just mean, like, the, the, the this is, uh, now that I've seen this, it's like, this is what you've been doing, is watching things in this universe. Like, yes. the spooky buddies and all the, this is, like, mm-hmm. how all of them are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is actually probably one of the better ones. Because I was actually thought this was really, I mean, look, this is a terrible movie, but I was actually, like, kind of, like, laughing at it like you know um oh i forgot to mention in a good nature way for like the first it, it wore out its welcome about like with like 20 minutes left 25 so minutes. when russell gets in the ring with vic the vice the first time vic the vice grabs him out of the air and russell pisses like yeah. the most hardcore stream of piss <laughs> into vic the vice's mouth yeah like it is legitimately disturbing like how much like piss is in this movie <laughs> And that's like his move for a while, but then he learns how to do drop kicks and yeah, moon salts and stuff. So he doesn't, doesn't so, have to resort to pissing on people. So let's talk about. Okay, so we we talked a little bit about this, and you were talking about how Russell's a bad character. Um, Russell's a really bad character for a dog. Yeah, like he's just completely passive. Like he's afraid of everything. Right. So he he's pisses. not very bright. Yeah, he right. pisses a lot. I mean, look, I get it. He's a puppy, but it's like he's just a bad, weak, passive character. Like, Hunk is the best character in this movie. It's a shame. He's the most human character. Right? Dude, Hunk is a better catch than the dad is. Oh, yeah. The dad's an awful human. The, the, dad, the dad is just this, like, you know, like, 
this like he he has this like constant like five o'clock shadow like all the time his shoulders are constantly hunched like he's just like this like milk toast like dude who and always making the worst decisions in any given situation and his wife is like really into it like she's always like trying to like flirt and yeah sit on his lap inappropriately and like make jokes about seeing him in spandex and it's like and and she just wants to make some fucking costumes with her sewing machine like this is a (laughs) and like i said i thought this was really funny like for a while and then at some point it's just like man this is really bad it just got it went from the point of being absurd and enjoyable to just like uh and then johnny mundo tried to fucking kill the dog right and and says openly that that's what he's going to do is to murder this dog yeah yeah, yeah. but i mean you know what it, he's, he's a wrestler like he's a heel you gotta you gotta lean into the gimmick fucking this this is this is what my life is i want you to know like every week is something like this and every once in a while it's a decent movie but i usually watch like three or four of these like garbage ass shits every week and then I talk about them, and you laugh, and haha, it's funny. But like, this is what I'm subjecting myself to. So, <laughs> I really appreciate the red card, just because you have to see the horror of my life, right? Like, no, no adult, no adult male that is moderately adjusted is watching motherfucking Russell Madness yeah. on Tubi. You know, right, and like, right. why would you even know it exists? Like, and I know so much about the goddamn Buddies universe. You do, yeah, yeah. It's like um, what did what did I say I became an expert on that was terrible? I can't remember. There was something recently where I watched all the movies because of the spin chagrin, and now like I I can't remember what it is. But like I'm gonna become like a buddies. Like yeah, you are. I'll know the mythology <laughs> and like the friggin' canon of the buddies universe, which yeah. I don't even think exists because it just changes. Like sometimes animals can talk and sometimes they can't. And sometimes there's wizards and sometimes there aren't. And yeah. professional wrestling is real until it's not, but then it is again. So, yeah, yeah but I mean, the sad thing is, no matter how bad Russell Madness is, and I think there's a TV spinoff of Russell there, Madness. So I, I, did, I did some research while you were talking about this since I was on MDIB. I don't think there is. I think what they did is some TV station cut up Russell Madness Oh, into a, like into seven parts because the the titles for all of these for the episodes when you look it up, um, and and the cast is exactly the same five years later because the TV show is supposedly twenty twenty, um, it's like season like episode one for our family business episode two a new star wrestler is born episode three training day like it's the mm. it's the it's the it's the movie like um and it's all the same cast so i think somebody cut up the fucking movie five years later started calling it russell maniac and like aired it well he is the russell maniac he is but the the movie is russell madness right and it's russell mania in the song right but you right. probably couldn't call it russell mania because that's way too close to wrestlemania and right you might get sued right although I now didn't... everything's owned by the disney universe anyway so what the fuck does it matter you let me ask you, you something where how do you think the like the the it came up like do you think like the jack russell terrier was the first thing that they thought of do you think it was a dog named russell do you think that it was a uh, a brilliant like thing where it's like 
WrestleMania rather than WrestleMania, and then all. How do you think like all of that developed? What do you think the order was? I think that what's his name, Robert Vince. Yeah, the guy that's the genesis point of the Bud universe. Yes, I think does nothing but sit there and look at the world and think what kind of pun is there that involves a dog and it's like you know he's flipping through the channels and raw comes on and they're like oh it's wrestlemania weekend and he's like oh what if a dog was a wrestler and they like, wrestler wrestler russell russell jack russell oh russell wrestlemania wrestlemania yeah <laughs> And then 15 minutes later, there's a script because it can't take any more than that to make these fucking movies. And that's it. And then, you know, he goes to Disney to like, give me like, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars and they're like, fine. And then he just makes his movie and then, you know, continues to live in this fucking universe. Like, I mean, he's what it's like, like 20 movies or something. Like it's that. a ridiculous amount of movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't even I don't even know. And what, I think that what did he's, we figure out there was like eleven like buddies movies or something. Ah, uh, no, there's only like eight buddies movies, seven or eight. But there's also Airbud movies and then spinoffs of the Airbud movies like this. So seven, like, yeah, seven buddies movies. Yeah, there's a lot of things that take place in the Bud universe. And I, I mean, I think, I don't know. I think there might be some kind of like psychological disorder here because he's does nothing but live in this universe right. there's five air airbud movies there's seven um air buddies movies um russell manis is just a one-off um then there's what one, two three three monkey like the mvp that we talked about earlier yes. there's three of those and then the most recent thing starting in 16 is pup star and then there's four pup star movies well i'm glad he's still working so making this crazy ass shit i'm sure that'll come up too at some point we'll have to watch one of them maybe yeah yeah it's possible um they're so easy i mean they're so hard to watch and i'm not gonna lie but i mean they're so easy to watch because you can just sit there and sure. you don't really have to pay attention to anything <laughs> right. just, they just kind of happen it's true you know you just kind of just kind of lay back and let it happen to you yeah and then that, after like you know 85 minutes it's just done I'm really interested in the way like wrestling is portrayed here because it's like no I don't there's there, there's very few people that make wrestling movies that I think respect wrestling in in any way whatsoever. Right. Um but well, it's there's like, one one movie? Yeah, one yeah, the, movie. The, the, the wrestler. wrestler. Right. <laughs> Although in the Santo movies they really respect the wrestling aspect of it. Mm. Like when they show matches in the Santo movies like Santo's like legitimately doing moves and they i mean it's actually a wrestling match it's just that then santo goes and like fights a fucking vampire you know with his boxer buddy or runs afoul of the mob and has to i don't know whatever anyway so robert it may, i'd be really fascinated because it's like it's set in portland because that's where all of the buddies universe airbud universe is set like is up in oregon right or washington is it washington or oregon? i don't fucking know where fernville is or whatever ferndale um, i don't you know what i, I don't want to talk about this week. anymore because if i know that the buddies universe is set in ferndale i know too much and it's um i'm never gonna get like any part of my life back fernfield. That I have invested. see you don't know as much as you think you do it's for i know enough 
Um, I know Dauber's a fucking rocket scientist. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just it's just weird. Like I, I I wonder like where people get their knowledge from because it's like there's enough knowledge here to understand that the Mick character, whatever the Vince McMahon character, went around and bought up all the local wrestling promotions. It's like he knows this somehow. Like, I think. And it's like, but he's Canadian, so it's like, if, if this takes place in the Pacific Northwest, it's like, yeah, Vince bought that up too. Um, so it's like, there's some kind of weird knowledge that the guy has, like, when he writes this. Um, unless they just do, like, maybe they just did, like, do some Google research, and it's like, oh, that's a cool story element or something. Um, but it makes no sense. It's a... Uh, no, no, no. They have rounds, and I don't know. There, there's no knowledge of like actual wrestling. Yeah. They know that like there's no moves. They know that like I don't know. They probably watched a couple of entrances. You know, I'm sure that he watched some shit from like the '80s. Maybe that's his knowledge base. Is you know, late '80s WWF wrestling. Yeah, because right. some of that stuff makes sense, like the ridiculous characters and shit. All right. You're also making a movie for kids, ostensibly, yeah. even though there's all kinds of weird fucking shit in it. But so uh, one last thing about this fucking movie, because we talked about Fernfield. So Fernfield is I looked it up again. It's southeast of Seattle, so it's in Washington. This takes place in Portland. Is this really in the same universe? Do you think? Yes. Yeah. There's a talking monkey and a talking dog. <laughs> It's 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 a buddy's a bud movie or whatever. Maybe know. it's its own thing. Yeah, it is. You're right. You're, it is a bud. Movie. I mean, when when you when you start the movie, it's like an Air Bud production, and I didn't see that the first time because I think I was like pissing or something. And when I was watching it tonight, you I was saw like, it the second time. Yeah, I didn't realize <laughs> because I admittedly watched this movie twice. So, all right, so. And if you think, and, and look, that's a very worthy addition to the fucking spin chagrin. But um, continue on with what the actual spin chagrin movie is for the week. <sighs> so for the real spin chagrin, we're going to talk about the 2000 <clears throat> comedy, buddy comedy, maybe. I don't know. Action buddy comedy. Uh, Ready to Rumble, um, which stars... Uh, David Arquette and Oliver Platt and Scott Kahn and Rose McGowan, I guess, are the four principals. And then a bevy of late 90s, early 2000s era WCW wrestlers like Diamond Dallas Page and Goldberg and Sting and Canyon for some reason and oh. Bam Bam Bigelow. Saturn. Saturn. Yeah. And Sid Vicious. Booker anyway, T's in it. Yeah. Booker T, yeah, Booker T's yeah. a good guy. Disco Inferno's a good guy somehow. Yeah. Like, that makes no sense. I guess they figured that how could such a ridiculous character be a heel. <laughs> That's called acting, man, yeah. So, the movie opens. First of all, I'm so glad I made you watch this movie. But <laughs> the movie opens with Scott Kahn and David Arquette sitting outside of a convenience store in what appears to be some backwoods rural area and there's these kids talking to him about wrestling 
and David Arquette is drinking a Slurpee. And um, who is it? Ahmed Zappa? Is that right? One of the, one of Frank Zappa's kids is the clerk, and he oh, like yeah. yells at him and tells yeah, him, "Yeah, it is. It's on that. Yeah. Wrestling's fake or whatever." And David Arquette goes into this fantasy where he's wrestling Ahmed Zappa with Macho Man Randy Savage, and they're beating him up, and <clears throat> he breaks out of this reverie and goes back in to get another Slurpee. And then the cops come and make Scott Kahn like put his hands on the front of a police cruiser. And you find out that that's David Arquette's dad. And he hates that David Arquette loves wrestling and wants him to be a state police officer. But David Arquette's like, no, this is my dream to be a wrestler, even though him and Scott Kahn are fucking sewage pumpers. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. what else to call them. Like they fucking pump sewage out of porta potties and shit. Yeah. Um, there's actually a very emotionally poignant scene where Scott Kahn's like, look, I got to take a shit. I'm going in this porta potty. Please do not use the vacuum from our truck to suck my ass out. <clears throat> and if you do, um, what's his name? The King? Jimmy, Jimmy, the King, Jimmy, the Jimmy, King, Jimmy King, Jimmy King, yeah. Jimmy King, who's their favorite wrestler is yeah. going to get hurt. But David Arquette's like, nobody can hurt Jimmy King. And sucks the asshole out of Scott Kahn. Um, fucking fantastic, like beautiful scene to show the true value of friendship. Um, so they're gonna go to Atlanta. Oh no! To... Oh no! 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 You can't skip it. No, Frank. The first fifteen minutes of this movie is one of the worst openings I've ever seen in my life. There is there are some details that would need to be clarified here about the beginning of this movie. Okay, when David Arquette goes into his fantasy all right where he's fighting macho man where where he's fighting macho man and 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 the clerk from the store right okay he they cut promos on each other from a so he goes in in his fantasy because he wants another damn slurpee or whatever and they start cutting promos against each other across the counter and it's filmed in this kind of like highly saturated way and they're doing like mockeries of wrestling promos like this isn't like what a real promo looks like it is like what somebody who hates wrestling imagines a promo to be like like i'm gonna rip your head off like you know and it just goes back and forth with like fucking arquette squinty eyed like you know delivery of everything around this time period well probably still but um, and it, then it turns into a wrestling match and you realize the fucking convenience store has been set like inside of a ring like the set of it <laughs> is on top of a damn wrestling ring is how they film this and then they proceed to have a wrestling match with fucking Oliver Platt playing Jimmy King tagging with Arquette in this fantasy and the clerk versus Macho Man. And then he comes out of the fantasy. God, Frank, come on. He... You're doing fine. Keep going. God damn it. He... The trick to get a free fucking Slurpee that the Arquette character pulls Oh, I forgot about that. stick okay. his fucking fingers down his pants and into his fucking ass crack. No, it's it's not into his ass crack. It's into his asshole. 
Yes, yes. He yes. goes knuckle deep into his asshole to get poop onto his fingers. You see no, you you see no feces in this. Like, right, no, but it's I don't implied. think. No, no. <laughs> so because his hands are down his pants for a long time, he's doing something down there. Which is which is a fucking Kevin Smith joke, first of all. Sure. Like to some degree, and it's like you know, and then it's like he holds up his fingers with the cup, like get to the clerk, and it's like smell that something's wrong with it, even though he's drank the entire thing. Um, and then it's like this is the height of comedy here, where like the clerk like gets him like you know another drink, and this was the worst fucking movie opening that I've watched in I don't know how many years worst 15 minutes and it ends when they like are going towards the suck the shit septic out of stuff uh-huh. a f- um uh a fucking lit song plays yes <laughs> can't remember the name of that song but um, my own worst enemy my own worst enemy yes fucking lit yes. plays it's like it's like if you wanted to fucking torture me the first 15 minutes of this movie absolutely did it and it's like the capper is fucking playing lit awful awful opening that's the second time i heard lit this weekend too but i can't remember what the other yeah lit came out oh, it was in clerks no it yeah. was in clerks too clerks too yep right mm-hmm. yes another movie yep. that i absolutely <laughs> okay sorry just because that opening is terrible it is one of the worst things and it's and it, it establishes a pattern i think throughout the rest of this is there is no <laughs> again there's this movie that is being co-produced by wcw the professional wrestling company at the time there is no respect for wrestling in this movie at all none no including having um uh pantaleano joe pantaleano play um eric bischoff basically yes combined with uh jimmy jimmy hart it's sort of like combined into one thing yeah maybe not jimmy hart not, eh, a little bit of jimmy hart a little, little he's bit got the, yeah. the glasses and the the hair and the yeah well you know bischoff coat. was supposed to play that part but he got fired from wcw at that time so he didn't play the part they are Jerry Pants. <laughs> um, you got me off my. Okay, got so, me off my track. So they're going to Nitro is where you were leaving off. Yeah, they're going to After Nitro. Sucks his but ass it's out. not. But it's not Nitro. Is it Nitro? Anyway, it they're is. going to see yeah. wrestling. Money Nitro. And they're all big. They're they're Jimmy King fans. Like that's their dude is Jimmy King. And they're all excited. Like they love Jimmy King. He's basically the Hulk Hogan of this universe because Hulk Hogan is not in this. Uh, so they go down there and they get bad seats, um, because, uh, what are their Gordy and Scott? Is that their names? Something like that. Is that right? Oh, I'm Gordy and Gord- Sean. Gordy yeah, and Sean. Sean. Yeah. So Sean's uncle Bill got them these seats, but they're bad seats because they're an obstructive view. And there's this really weird exchange where Gordy's like, your uncle Bill sucks. And then Sean's like, my uncle Bill lost a nut in Vietnam. And then Gordy's like, well, when you see him, kick him in the like the nut that he has left. And then Sean like waxes poetic and says, if you lose a nut, is a nut still just your left nut? Or something like that. It's a yeah. really great scene. It's very well written. Um, So they set this Fuck. premise up where Diamond Dallas Page is going to wrestle Jimmy King for the championship and is going to lose because Jimmy King is like the Hulk Hogan and he's the champion forever. But Everyone hates Jimmy King because he's a drunk and a Lothario and generally a bad person. So 
the Joe Pantoliano character, whose fucking name I can't remember. Sal Bandini, is that right? Uh, uh, tight. No, Titus Sinclair. Titus Sinclair, right? Bandini is Marlando. Oh, right, right, right. So Titus Sinclair like goes to DDP and he's like, "Hey, you're not doing the job tonight. You're gonna, you're gonna beat him. I need you to like shoot on him." They don't say it in these words because right. these are real wrestling terms. But this is right. the uh, generally like what's conveyed. And DDP's like, "Fuck yes, I am." So then there's these stables that come out, and it's like the it makes no sense from that current era of WCW. Because DDP comes out and he has Bam Bam Bigelow and I don't know. He has his... Bam Bam was part of a stable with him at one point. His cadre of wrestlers that come out with him. And then Jimmy King comes out and he's dressed like um, the Sheriff of Nottingham from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And it's Oliver fucking Platt. So Mm -hmm. the first real big... I I don't want to say the first problem with this movie because (laughs) there are many, but... Yeah. One of the main problems with this movie is you're meant to believe that Oliver Platt is the greatest wrestler in the history of wrestling. And it's just Oliver Platt. Like, he didn't even work out for the role. They just put a lot of clothes on him so you can't see that it's still just Oliver Platt. I mean, it's just Oliver Platt. Like, and you know who Oliver Platt is. Yes. And you're supposed to believe that Oliver Platt is wrestling with Diamond yes. Dallas Page. Yes, so- it's, 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 it's right. I agree with you, even though you're you're exactly right. Even though there's tons of bad things, it was... No, look, the first, the opening 15 minutes of that movie is the worst, but it's like, that's the first time I noticed, like, there's a problem with the story, is, like, Oliver Platt is going to be, like, the head wrestler, like, in the world. Right, because um, there's not, like, some other wrestler you could have just picked, you know? Sure, there's pl- there have been plenty of people that you could have thrown in this You've role, and it would have been fine. dozens of wrestlers in this movie. Sure, All of them could have right, yes. Taken I the mean, job of Jimmy King. I so, mean, anyway. Well, if Hogan wouldn't have wanted to lower himself, but fuck, Hogan's... Hogan was trying to find movies to be in. Like, I mean, Hogan could have done it. So, so, real quick, Jimmy Jimmy King. It's a Jerry Lawler reference, right? Yeah, I think so. It's making fun of Jerry Lawler. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. The guy that's like kind of just this cocky asshole who's been the top of this promotion forever. Yeah. So they drive the shit truck down to Atlanta and they see this match, and Jimmy King gets destroyed. Like he gets like stomped in by all these wrestlers, and DDP beats him. They win the title, and then Sinclair fires him on TV. So Gordy and Sean are beside themselves with sadness because their hero, Jimmy King. Oh, because Sean made them bracelets that say WWJKD. So what would Jimmy King do? Mm -hmm. Um, And they wear them together, and it's like they're bros because they have these bracelets. So they're distraught, and they're driving the shit truck home. And they end up getting an accident in the shit truck, which destroys the shit truck. And then you get this amazing scene where there is human waste being sprayed over everything, including firefighters and other people who are just covered in human waste. Um, it's really good. Like, it's a very well-done scene. You know, it's um, there's a lot of heart in it. So now they're stranded, and they don't have jobs because Hold that on. was their... Key detail, the truck that hits the truck that has been flipped over full of shit is, it's a toilet paper truck. Toilet paper truck is loaded with toilet paper, and but it's, it's like, loaded with loose rolls of toilet yes. paper, not like <laughs> yes, because that's that's how toilet paper happens. Is it goes yes. from like the toilet paper farm, you know, loose, and then it goes to the factory where they box up the toilet paper. Right. 
um because that's that's real life like that's how things work but that's a pivotal moment though for the character progression because it's like what are the odds and they and like david arquette's character takes it as like some sort of deep meaning right the sign that they need to go find jimmy king and help bring him back to prominence yeah so they go back to their how does that happen they end up finding some teenager yes who was playing who knows how the internet works yeah he was playing a jimmy king video game at the convenience store yeah right right that's right so they meet this teenager and go to this teenager's house these two ostensibly grown men and the teenager's like look my dad can't hear you because he'll get mad if i'm on the internet and the dad like yells at him from another room all the time and basically calls him like homophobic slurs um so they find out where jimmy king lives so they're like all right we're gonna go down and we're gonna get jimmy king we're gonna bring him back to atlanta and like restore him to glory these two fucking idiots so they go down to atlanta and they go to jimmy king's trailer or house i guess it's not a trailer that's that would be reductive they go to jimmy king's house and what's her name answers the door um carolyn ray yeah carolyn ray is playing jimmy king's wife and she's basically like that motherfucker left me and he's never given me any money and he cheated on me and he gave me crabs i think yes it's yeah, crabs. crabs yeah he gave, her, gave her crabs and she offers to give she's like do you want to see do you want to see my crabs and scott Conn's like i kind of do um and then the jimmy king's son comes out and he's got like real fucked up teeth because jimmy king offered to fix his braces but never did um so they're like well this can't be jimmy king's family because jimmy king's a good man like he's he's the king they're like yeah he's a piece of shit so then they go to find him they 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 go like they get a, a tip from the internet kid who tells them that he was spotted like in an rv in a trailer or in a um, rv park at this place so they go there and jimmy king is dressed like a woman um laying in this rv and they get an argument about whether or not it could be jimmy king because it looks like a woman but then they realize it's him and he's in disguise so they basically pay him money he extorts money out of them to go in and have a meet and greet with him he gives him five minutes and they're trying to talk him into you know like you're the king you got to come back like we're gonna help you and he's like you're fucking crazy just give me money and go buy me some beer oh a terrible person it's fine it's also fucking oliver platt um then they get a wrestling match inside the rv and that somehow inspires jimmy king to like yeah change his mind in like 10 seconds where he's like i'm never going back to wrestling again i'm washed up i'm a terrible person and they're like hit me with a fucking like suplex and he's like oh my spirit's renewed we're gonna go back and i'm gonna train and i'm gonna get in shape and i'm gonna go back and win my title so here's the second problem with this movie is that it completely destroys the so for anyone that doesn't know what kayfabe is like the um agreed upon illusion that wrestling is real right Mm -hmm. is kayfabe so it destroys the kayfabe portion of the fact that 
it's trying to make it seem like their wrestling is actually a real thing, but yeah. they're employees of a company. He can't just go back and walk into a company he was fired from and beat up somebody and take the belt. Like that's not how it works, except that it does work like that. It does, except for, and let's just like, just quickly talk about the kayfabe stuff here, like in the shoot stuff, like, you know, that it's real. It's like, okay, Jim, David Arquette, Gordy thinks it's real. Like he doesn't understand that it's fake. During backstage at the WCW match, like when, you know, at the very beginning of the movie, it's shown specifically that it's fake, that these are wrestlers who are working together. It's mentioned, except because they have to establish that it's fake, because then that's when Joey Pants comes along and is like, hey, I want you like the ending is going to be changed because if there's an ending, it's it's fake. It's like you're actually going to shoot on him. You're going to go out there and beat him for real. And we're going to like do whatever we have to do to make sure. So it becomes a shoot. And then the rest of the whole fucking movie becomes a shoot now. At this right, point. it's all just shoot. Right, all of it at that point. Except for go back to the beginning to those promos with the clerk and Gordy about the writer of this movie not understanding. So if so that's in Gordy's mind. So in this world, that must be how professional wrestlers actually talk. You actually don't see promos, I don't think, do you? Like from any of the wrestlers? No, nobody cuts a promo. So it's like that is the world that this is that that this is in. Apparently, like that must be how they talk. It's all confused. It is the most confused wrestling movie I've ever seen in my entire life. None of it makes any sense. But basically, everything is a shoot in this movie, even though it's fake. So Jimmy King's going to like storm WCW, right? And win his title back. And win his title back. But we got to go through a lot before that happens. Unfortunately. So they go to a Nitro event and they somehow get into the backstage area and they hide Jimmy King in a porta potty. And then Jimmy King bursts out and attacks DDP and Sinclair. And then all of a sudden he has his two friends there, you know, Gordy and Sean are there. And now it's like, oh, you want a match? We'll give you a match. But if you lose this match, you're never going to wrestle again. But he's already fired, right? right. So it's like, right. he already wasn't going to wrestle again. But you know what? That's fine. So it's booked. It's so now they got it. So then Gordy goes in and spies on the Nitro girls, who are a, a big part of this, um, which include Rose McGowan and also the real Nitro girls from the time. The Nitro mm-hmm. girls were exotic dancer cheerleaders kind of mm-hmm. that were on um wcw television in the late 90s yeah so he watches during the commercial breaks kind of yeah he watches them change in their dressing room and is oogling them and rose mcgowan's like hey what are you looking at and he's like boobs and then she's like nonplussed and he's like hooters cans jugs <laughs> and then that makes her fall in love with them so um She's all into him, and they, she invites him over to her house. They they go to find Sal Bandini, who was like Jimmy King's original trainer. Well, first they go to find Goldberg because they want Goldberg to tag team with Jimmy King because they were tag team champions at one time. But Goldberg is like Jimmy King's a piece of shit and a drunk, and he was drunk in a match once and cost us a title, and he's not my friend anymore. And they're like, but you can't turn your back on a friend. And Goldberg's like, look, dude, like I work by myself. Like guy's not my friend. 
and it's just bill goldberg like wearing his like black speedo with his mm-hmm. um workout gloves on or whatever the things he's anyway yeah so they find sal bandini to help jimmy king train and he's teaching them like the ins and outs of wrestling again like getting jimmy king into shape but then uh saturn and sid vicious um go and attack sal bandini and again this man who's made out to be like the greatest fighter ever that's trained like all the great wrestlers is played by Martin Landau and Martin Landau probably in his like seventies, I would think at that point. Yeah. Um, And it's just Martin Landau, you know, it's just like watching Oliver Platt, like do a press slam. Like it's still just Oliver Platt. So again, another thing where you could have had maybe Pat Patterson or whatever, there's plenty of people that could have played that. Well, it's based on probably not Pat. It's based yes. on Stu Hart. I think Stu is still alive. I mean, so anyway, so Saturn and uh, Sid Vicious end up beating up Bandini and putting him in the hospital. And that's when you find out that the reason that everybody knows is because the Rose McGowan character who, um, oh, all right, we got to talk about this terrible scene. So she invites Gordy over, the David Arquette character, to her house to fuck him and she tells him like come over like i'm gonna fuck you and there's some of the greatest dialogue i think in motion picture history during the scene where he says buenos nachos and she says oh you speak spanish and he said yeah i took it in school several times implying that he failed because he's an mm-hmm. idiot and she says are you fluent and he puts his hand on his forehead and he says no i don't have a fever i feel fine and it's like that high quality level of specific dialogue you know that really builds the character <laughs> and helps you invest in how amazing ready to rumble is so she's like i invited you over here you know show me your moves and because you know he's a man of letters and culture he's like oh you want me to show your show you my moves and she's like yeah get it over here and show me your moves so he proceeds to beat her up with wrestling moves including in the bedroom where they're doing like you know he's doing wrestling moves to her like beating this woman in her house it's a really good example and a good look at like a modern healthy adult relationship Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway so it turns out that she's still working for um sinclair um and they have some implied sexual relationship happening um because sinclair is abusing his power for quid pro quo where if she does these things for him he'll make her the head nitro girl, you know, because that's the pinnacle of job accomplishment. Um, so Gordy overhears this entire thing while he's going to get a Butterfinger to give to Sal Bandini because that's what will make him feel better is a Butterfinger. And he overhears her having this conversation and just there's no, like, tension or confrontation they just go to leave um, in the RV because now that Sal's beat up, they have to go back to their hometown to help train Jimmy King because that's makes a lot of sense. Um, and she's like, hey, I'm coming with you. And he's like, no, you're not because you're a bad person and you don't have a heart. And then that's it. And mm-hmm. then they drive back to fucking wherever. So when they get back to their hometown, um, they're local heroes because they have Jimmy King with them and everybody loves Jimmy King, including the woman, the old woman, the hippity hip hop woman from fucking whatever. 
Um, every, every Sandler movie. Every, yeah, any anytime you need a woman in a Sandler movie, it's it's this woman. Yes. I can't remember yeah. the lady's name. Mm-hmm. So, um, so they start auditioning other wrestlers to be part of Jimmy King's stable. So when they go back to WCW to have this sanctioned, unsanctioned match where Jimmy King can basically win a title if you're being fired from the company. They start to interview other wrestlers. So it's actually probably just as bad as WrestleMania uh, or Russell Madness, whatever that fucking movie is called, Mm -hmm. where it's like, this guy's a firefighter. This guy spits tobacco. This woman has breasts. But they eventually get the breast woman and who is it? The breast woman some crazy I don't know. they they get the stable to go with him yeah and then sean has sex with this woman that he previously implied was a dude and was would be gay for him to have sex with but then they have sex because all of a sudden he realizes that he's in love with her mm-hmm. um and she's a, a fry girl at a burger king or whatever i don't think mm-hmm. it's a burger king but it's some kind of fast food restaurant it is a fast food restaurant yeah. And it makes no sense. It's just whatever. Like that inspires Sean to go. Like now he's in love. And um, oh, so then Gordy decides that he has to just go be a cop now, even though he's never wanted to be a cop and has told his dad forever, "I'm not going to be a cop." But then all of a sudden he's like, "You know what? I'm just going to go be the cop now because mm-hmm. I can't, I can't follow my dream anymore." And they're like, but you're living your dream. And he's like, no, no, it's all a waste. I'm just going to go be a cop. So he goes to take the police exam and Jimmy King's all hurt that this dude that he met three days ago that's a fucking lunatic and a stalker is like not going to follow him anymore back to steal his title back illegally from a professional, you know, business. Mm -hmm. Um, So they drive back down to Atlanta. And it's the night of whatever they got. I, I I don't know if they call it a pay per view. Maybe it's Starcade. Um, whatever it is. So they go in and it's a steel cage match, but it's a triple tiered steel cage. Mm-hmm. Um, what do they call that? Tower of Doom or some shit? I can't remember. That the Tower of Doom was the name that they used for it back in '88, but um, I don't know if they were still referring to that in like 2000 or whatever. They just call it a steel cage match. Yeah. In this, yeah. but so the the thing is, is that they're in a steel cage and they got to climb up onto the roof of that steel cage where there's a smaller steel cage. Then they got to climb up to another roof where there's another smaller steel cage, and that's where the belt is. And it's Oliver Platt or Jimmy King versus DDP. Um, and the steel cage is locked, but of course, like all of DDP's like minions are in there trying to fuck with Oliver Platt. So Sean is now Oliver or Jimmy King's manager, and he's wearing a pimp costume, which makes absolutely no sense in the context that the Jimmy King character is like legitimately supposed to be, you know, like royalty. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's fine, whatever. I mean, it doesn't need to be any sense. Um, so. Goldberg shows up like Jimmy King's getting the shit kicked out of him by all these uh, terrible fucking heel wrestlers that are aligned with DDP and all of a sudden Goldberg shows up with Booker T and Disco Inferno and I can't remember who else is with him and they're going to go in and save him so now it's it's this big rumble inside this ring and Jimmy King and DDP are beating the shit out of each other and you know they're up 
climb trying to climb up but they're fighting each other the whole day whole time and then there's this motorcycle comes up to the ramp and it's like oh who's this dude and it jumps from the ramp through the steel cage into the ring and basically murders several wrestlers i guess or at least knocks him over and it's it's gordy who is now a character called the law and is now a professional wrestler and so then there's you know they all get in this big fight and King and DDP are climbing up the ring and they keep throwing each other down. And then finally, um, Sinclair, there's a scene with Sinclair talking to Sting and it's like Sting in his crow makeup where he says, you know, I need you to go and take out King. Like, don't let him get to the arena. Don't, don't let him get up to the top. You know, if you value your job. And so Sting being the good guy goes and hits DDP and, um, the king claims the belt and he wins and yeah. all the wrestlers turn on Sinclair so the man who is ostensibly the owner of the company is just systematically removed from his position and the ownership of his business Yes, because he's a dick mm-hmm. and the wrestlers just decide to get rid of him mm-hmm. and then Rose McGowan's like oh Gordy like you're so handsome and you're really impressive out there. And he's like, yeah, get the fuck out of my face. You disloyal bitch. And then Sting comes down and Sting punches uh, Gordy and Sean because they're um, marks and masochists, I guess. I don't know. This has got some real weird, like, implications. <laughs> um, so now, like, everything's right in the world. King is the champion again. Everyone's so happy. Um, so they're back at the convenience store and the kids are talking to him and they're like, that's not a real story. And then Ahmed Zappa gets thrown out by Bill Goldberg and you get to see that um, they're all going on this trip with the Nitro Girls, with the Asian Nitro Girl driving the Jeep. And it's a Jeep that's got a pool in the back because Sal Bandini's back there with two half-naked women. Um, and so now Gordy and Sean are part of the king's stable and they're in pro wrestling and everything's right in the world because sinclair is been removed from power i don't know whatever the fuck so that's 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 ready to rumble yeah yeah it's a good movie you know it um definitely is a heartfelt look at the wrestling industry and you know the power of love and friendship and you know how if you have a dream and you choose to follow that dream if you're dedicated you can accomplish anything so so tell me why you liked it um i don't know i don't even know where to begin with this movie it is the it is the most inconsistent derivative low class <laughs> thing that i've seen in quite a long time because i don't normally watch like this is like a kind of like a dumb and dumber clone i guess like um although dumb and dumber is so much better than this could ever be like um they're about the same to me but okay like well you have talented performers that are trying to elevate the material i think david arquette 
<laughs> and Scott Kahn are very talented performers. Not in not in this. Um, I want to I want to point out that again, and I don't know. The, you talk about the egregiousness of the the butt smell freezy scene, mm-hmm. right? I'm telling you, the scene where David Arquette sucks the shit out of Scott Con's <laughs> ass while he's pooping in a porta potty and says, "No one can beat the king." Right. I don't know. I can't even explain how. Like I'm, I'm, I'm making jokes about this movie being like well written and stuff. This I can, I can see his face when he says it too. Right. He's like, he he narrows his eyes. He gets this little ratty look on his face. Yes. And then flips this switch that legitimately could prolapse his friend's anus. Right. Because he's sucking the air from his yes. butt, like while he's pooping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they get in a fist fight. And then after the fist fight, he gives them the. What would what would Jimmy King do? Bracelet, right? That's a woven like leather, like rich. Yeah. Thing. Look, if you have any interest in wrestling, even from like a, I don't know, like a small perspective, like any small interest in wrestling, or you enjoy wrestling, or you enjoy, you know, life or like, <laughs> being happy, um, you need to avoid this movie. Yeah. It is it is a constant barrage of it's not even dick jokes, it's like it's not even poop jokes, it's just weird. It's it's all the jokes. It's every type of joke you can yeah. think of. It's like, you know, like the like tit jokes and like I'm horny jokes and right. heart jokes and yeah. shit jokes and it's just the whole spectrum of jokes like about every, anything, transgender people, yeah. jokes about homosexuals yeah. jokes about yeah. people of different races jokes about the impoverished i mean it's just like whatever they can offend they try to yeah and you're supposed to invest in this character that is maybe one of the stupidest yeah yeah i mean the conceit that he believes that wrestling is real i don't know it's hard to explain like how bad david arquette is in this movie mm-hmm. and i'm genuinely not a David Arquette detractor. Like, I don't know that I think he's a preeminent actor or anything, but whatever. Right. I mean, like he, he serves his role. He's good as Dewey, movies. like, you right. know, and scream and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, man, this movie is just it's complete trash. Yeah. Like in, in every way, trash, like <laughs> an aggressive trash. Like yeah. it's, it's really trying to, just cram everything it can. And also for being made by a production studio with the cooperation of a major wrestling promotion yeah. shows an absolute lack of any kind of like respect or reverence for the thing that it's supposed to right. you know, be an example of. And like, the wrestler isn't like always super positive about the wrestling industry, but it's at least accurate. Right. And you know, has some reverence to the idea of like these people sacrificing their bodies for other people's entertainment. Um, and that ain't this movie, man. No, not at all. Like it, at every turn, it makes wrestling look absolutely fucking absurd and ridiculous. Before you are told that the state police officer is Gordy's dad, 
he has Sean up against the front of his car and has his legs spread and is running his hand up the inside of his thigh to his crotch and says, what's this you got? And Sean says, it's my nuts. And the dad says, wouldn't you rather be on the other side of this search? And Sean says, do you want me to get behind you and touch your nuts? And that's this movie. Like, yeah. that's exactly. Yeah. And yeah. that doesn't even explain. <laughs> it's just like so weird that like it's happening until they explain to you that, you know, well, this is his dad. But it takes them a minute to get to that point. Like, is the idea here that it's like he thinks it's real and like his family's telling him it's fake? Is like the idea that he manifests it into being real almost? Like, so let's let's play a game. Okay. What if Gordy died in the car accident with the shit truck, right? Okay. And the rest of this movie is just Gordy's heaven. Right. Or you know, his like He wouldn't he wouldn't think so poorly of Jimmy King though the last moment well no but i mean it's it's elevating him to be the hero in jimmy king's story right like because that's ultimately what happens yeah is that this little podunk idiot is able to rise above and come save his hero in the pivotal moment of crisis and you know get the belt back and win the championship and and the other thing too is gordy maybe it's all a brain freeze like the whole thing no, I think he's dead. I'd rather him be dead. <laughs> I think I would too. You're right. Yeah, uh, it's um. So real quick, do you know who directed this? By any chance, asshole. Brian Robbins. Do you know who that is? By any chance, you shouldn't know who that is. But isn't that the guy with the big eyes? It's like a child molester, or is that Brian Peppers? <laughs> That's Brian Peppers. Brian Robbins is Eric from Head of the Class. Oh yeah. Yeah, and do you know who Brian Rob- Robbins is today? He's probably still Eric from Head of the Class in some worlds. He's the president of Paramount. Paramount Pictures? Yes. Yes, and Nickelodeon, because they merged. Um, yeah, so Eric from Full House, 15 years later, directs this fucking movie, and now he's the president of Paramount. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good on him, I guess. Like, sure. And then the he produced right... Norbit. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. I mean, look, look at his track record, man. It's he's like... directed twenty-one movies. Yeah, he directed Good Burger, which is actually punches above its weight. Um, I enjoy Good Burger. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you wouldn't expect it. Oh, he did the Shaggy Dog, which is almost the movie that um I watched for a movie with the talking dog as the main character. Mm. Um, but it's like he has a pretty bad like track record overall, I think. Um uh in terms of directing. Uh and the guy that wrote this movie, Stephen Brill, he um he still does he still works. Um he hooked up with Sandler in some way because he did that Sandy Wexler movie and UB Halloween. Um he directed those, but he also directed Mr. Deeds and Little Nicky. He also wrote Little Nicky as well. Um well, that's um, that's it something was, to. Something that, it's to back to back, of. ready to rumble, little Nicky. Um, he is a uh, he was a Weinstein guy. Um, this guy, 
and honestly, I think you look at the writing of some of the stuff in this, and I think you can see it very clearly. Um, that he was like a Weinstein like fellow traveler to some degree and stuff like that. Like, you know, like uh, I can see like the humor here um being something that um Weinstein enjoyed. But he's he's the one of the key figures in the whole fanboys debacle that happened like in the late alts um with the rewrites and like shooting a new movie and changing the tone of it and making it kind of grosser before the original movie got re-released he's a key figure in all that so um yeah like weird production people on this man weird and it produces an appropriately weird and awful movie yeah it's strange because I remember that when this movie came out was I might have either I may have been watching WCW a little bit still, but I think I was done. I think I was absolutely out of like wrestling. Yeah, I was too. Yeah. Um, and I remember seeing it and thinking like, where does this come across as a good idea for anybody? Like, why would anybody want to like watch this movie? Yeah. And I told myself I will never watch this movie, and. <laughs> I had legitimately stayed true to my, you know, myself up until, right, um, you know, whatever Wednesday last week or Thursday, whenever day I watched it. So, um, beyond, well, hold on. What's your, what's your sugar and score on this? It's a nine. Yep, that's my score. Yep. It's uh it's 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 Larry the Cable Guy colon health inspector level. Um maybe it's not quite that bad. I don't watch as much as you do. You didn't have to watch that movie. Right. Right. This movie at least had a little bit of a heart to it, whereas that Larry the Cable Guy movie is um <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I almost still want to go back and watch that Larry the Cable Guy movie because if you're saying this movie has a little bit of heart to it, even if it's a little bit, it's like, geez, I can't imagine. That movie is, that Larry the Cable Guy movie is an absolute assault on everything good in this world. Like, we are in the situation we're in as a society because of Larry the Cable Guy. Like, he has ruined us. And I don't think that I can really blame Ready to Rumble. I mean, it's bad, but I don't think it right. has the same long-lasting societal ramifications that Larry the Cable Guy, you know, has inflicted upon us. So, so you're going to go lower? No, no, it's still a nine. Oh, okay. There can be degrees of nines. <laughs> okay. So, so... uh reality destroying nine versus what would you term this <laughs> if Larry it's just a, it's just it's just a soul poisoning nine okay. you know it's, i mean it's like okay. it's just gonna ruin your life a little bit for a couple hours you know although i haven't been thinking about this movie off and on since i watched it in the worst <laughs> ways yeah it sticks with you man i will say that um definitely sticks with you and the thing is is like the effect that this has on pro wrestling history is also just as awful 
because they end up for those that don't follow professional wrestling whatsoever a little bit after during the promotion of this movie in world championship wrestling they bring in david arquette and david arquette wins the world heavyweight title yes which he did not want to do to his credit like he 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 respected the world title more than the promotion did and did not want to really do it and gets talked into it um and donated the money to families of wrestlers who had died um uh for any money that like he made off of it from wcw but yeah it's um yeah, so it, it not only is a terrible movie, it like is part of the massive story of the end of that wrestling promotion as a national product. Like this movie is directly related to the end of a promotion. Yeah, but it's fine. It needed to die anyway. Right. Um, it's funny seeing so many people who are 20 years later that are dead. Hmm. Um, Randy Savage dead, Bam Bigelow dead, Kurt Henning dead. All right, I forgot. Kurt, Kurt Henning's a good guy too. He is. It's weird. He's part of Jimmy King's stable. Right. <laughs> it's right. like him and Disco Inferno just make no sense. Yeah, especially because I think back then Henning, who's known as Mister, was known as Mister Perfect. If you don't follow like later wrestling and night, but you know, eighties wrestling is Mr. Perfect. Uh, he, uh, he was in part of a racist Cowboys group around that time, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So he should not be a baby face, um, whatsoever. Perry Saturn brain damaged, um, Oakland dead. Uh, I guess that's it. Every but... mean gene was in it. Yeah. Mean Gene's a fucking announcer at one, like at the end. Like yeah. He comes in and announces the winner, and it's like, why isn't Buffer doing that? Because Buffer's the one that introduced the match. Yeah, well, it, Buffer's where the ready to rumble comes from, anyway. Right. Yeah. You also have a Tony that. Tony Shavon. Oh yeah, probably like his usually that dude made like fifty thousand dollars every time he said that shit. <laughs> right. Plus Tony Shavani and Mike Tanay as yeah. the announcers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's generally just if if you're yeah. familiar with like latter day WCW, it's yeah. everybody. Charles Robinson's referee at one point in it, like you know, little Nate. Yeah. I mean, no, no Nash, no Hall, no Hogan, no, no Steiner, but pretty much everybody else sure. that was a prominent character. And out of all of that shit, man, like, well, Goldberg wrestled in the past year. Um, right. Sting is still active, and Rey Mysterio's in, and he's still active. Oh, um, Canyon is dead too, and Canyon's in this movie. Oh, that's right. He he, he well he um he does uh Jimmy King's um stunt work as well, um and uh yeah and uh yes, talk about awful wrestling stories. Yeah, um basically like bullied and um, misused because he came out as gay um by Vince McMahon and WWE and then um doesn't get much work and ends up committing suicide. Um, yeah. I, yes, um. And then uh, Shane Helms, uh, a hurricane, um, uh, was uh, Arquette's stunt double. Yeah, truly awful. Um, Truly, truly just the worst. Um, But not the worst. See, that's the thing. You don't know the worst. Right. It might be the worst for you, but there's much, much worse. Yeah. And just go look at the soundtrack for this movie and... It's like I'm just telling listeners to go look at it. It's awful, like the worst of the time period. 
um, fucking ball with the ball. Um, right, I forgot that's in it. Yeah, yeah, like you know, Motley Cruz girls, 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 because of course, like you know, um, ugh, awful. Oh, just so bad. We're not gonna take it anymore. Mm-hmm. Jump around. I forgot that was in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. There's a weird scene where they're in the hacker, the teenage kids. Um, oh, bedroom, right. yeah, and mm-hmm. Scott Kahn is singing Baby One More Time, yeah, and it lasts it for a really long time. And it, there's mm-hmm. like no reason for it to happen. Nah, there's no payoff to it, and there's no like even commentary from the other people that it's nah. happening. He's just doing it, yeah, it's really yeah. weird. They kind of look at him a little askew as he's doing it. Um, although the why the teenage kid's doing it because he obviously has the tape because that's they're in his room and he's listening to this kid's music, so yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't know. There's just so many things in this list. Like there's so many little things if you watch it. It's like we should have done I should have reverse Unoed you. We should have watched it together because it's so many things that just don't make sense. But it would have required us to watch it together and then and then like it would still be like a four hour podcast because we'd have to pause and we'd have to fucking analyze the scene or the dialogue just to explain appropriately and because it's like you can't even process it like how they think it's a joke and it's not a joke like this movie makes like no sense most of the time none Mm. yeah you got me good frank i'll give you that it's it's one of the worst things i've ever seen i knew exactly what it was going to be when you called it so Ugh. all right Okay, you but, got one more red card in, in you too. I know. I and know. you know what? The funny thing is, is like when you reverse red card me, I don't give a shit. I gotta watch it anyway. You gotta watch it anyway. All right. Yeah. Right. It's like you're like you're turning the tables. Like you're just, you know. <laughs> I mean, good on you. Like we gotta watch it together. That's fine. So let's uh spin this wheel and see what you got for next week. Screen. Oh boy. Anthropomorphic animal hijinks. Finally, after this whole year, the very first category, I think that's on your list, right? Anthropomorphic animal hijinks. All of your damn movies are involve animals and nature. I'm telling you, all your categories. Anthropomorphic animal hijinks. Must have been in some kind of mood when I was like writing them the one night. Uh, God, you could do another fucking buddies movie if you wanted to, right? No, that's not anthropomorphic. They're just actual animals. They just talk. Anthropomorphic is where the animal has all the features of a human, but it's still an animal. I.e. the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or... Zootopia or Ice Age. Right, you know? right, yeah. Lion King, right. Actually, Ice Age and Lion King, those are all still just animals. They're not really anthropomorphic, although they are like have human characteristics. We'll see. You know, world's my oyster. <laughs> right. And there are uh the Disney Channel's been good to me. 
So we have 17 categories left, and after next week, uh, that'll be uh, like 13 movies left. So it's going to be four that don't make the cut. Thank God I'll be in Thailand. (laughs) Well, that's getting getting you out of two. All right. It's going to, I guess if we do the one on a Monday night, it'd be all right. Yeah, we'll just do it on Sunday. Because I got to work on Monday and Tuesday, and then I, I got to be at the airport on Wednesday morning. I, I got to figure it out. And I ain't never coming back. That's not true. I'm coming back. <laughs> well, um, whatever. You got to at least finish spin chagrin, even if you're over there. Um, got to got to finish out this year. All right. So next week, anthropomorphic animal hijinks. Um, there's a couple really bad categories left here. All right. Who's that bad for? Only bad for you. I got to do them anyway. Yeah. This yeah. just means that I can, I can be select. Oh, look, it popped up right away. I can be selective. <laughs> oh, all right. So that episode... It was long enough, um, so I think like now we just cut it for the week. Uh, we'll come back with Frank and his, his animal hijinks next week. And um, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Deuces.